It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Lighthouse Faith Podcast, moving forward in truth and love. I'm Lauren Green, Chief of Religion Correspondent for Fox News Channel and author of the book, Lighthouse Faith. You know, I have to admit, um, I'm just going to be totally honest right now, that sometimes I'm more about truth than I am about love. You know, truth is, in fact, easier in many ways. It stands as a stalwart sign, something to hold on to when your other hopes and dreams seem to fritter away. Um, Love is really actually harder, uh, sometimes messier. Um, you know, because it, it means holding back when anger is just boiling up inside. You know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is able to bring these two things together, truth and love. And in fact, it, it is the very foundation of the teachings of Jesus. Yeah. And I'm going to apologize ahead of time um, for bringing too much truth and not enough love here. But 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 uh, Dr. Michael Youssef, he's going to bring in a lot of the love as well, too. You can hear him <laughs> in the background now. But this episode warrants talking mostly about truth because our society has forgotten it. Our society has really issued the the idea of objective truth as it clings to sort of passion feelings as its standards of what is right and wrong. And dare I say, that is what's wrong with the world. Um, And Dr. Michael Yusuf, I'm so glad you're here because you go so far as to say that we are in a crisis mode. We Um, really are. We really are. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be with you, Lauren, uh, again. And I always consider those opportunities to chat with you about issues like that to be a high privilege for me and thank you for having me but i i can tell you truthfully uh, this is and i know history uh, a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah but so not in my lifetime certainly not in any historical event there were some periods in american history particularly immediately before the two awakenings uh where things were really got but they never got this bad yeah yeah. Where you literally having an anti-God, an anti-moral, uh, anti-biblical movement is so militant, and they're out like <laughs> they're just out in a right. war. Right. I mean, it's it's there. I mean, like the the, the anti-God movement is actually evangelizing. <laughs> it's like exactly, exactly, and and they are literally not just evangelizing, but they want to shut us up. Yeah. At least I, I'm I'm happy to give them the opportunity and and to agree that they should have every opportunity to express their worldview and 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 I always believe that a bad idea can only be defeated by a good idea, and you so know, that's of, fine. Yeah, you know, one of the things that really um, struck me this week, and I've you know. I normally react to news stories where, you know, people sort of have a bent about certain things and certain news sources, certain news outlets, you know, are going to go towards more the liberal side and some are going to go towards more the conservative side. But I was really taken aback by an AP story, which should have been sort of the middle of the road about the uh, the birth rate as being at its lowest since the Great Depression. Yep. And uh, but it never mentioned and no news stories have mentioned uh, what that abortion might have had to do with it. You sure. understand? It's yeah, like, it's like yeah. the birth rate is its lowest since the Great Depression. And yeah. they, they, they talked about how the economy, about how people are marrying later and having children later and all that yeah. contributed. But nobody talked about 
the 62 million lives that have been snuffed out since um, 1973. Exactly. And, and you know, uh, Lauren, as, as you know from my book, Hope for This Present Crisis, is basically what I say is there are seven issues that I deal with. But the very core, the very important one is the issue of truth. Even reporting a story like this, it's selective truth. They'll tell you, yes, what's happening, but they never tell you the full truth. Yes, we had 62 million babies who've been aborted in the last 40 years or so. So it, it is that selective truth, or even might not be truth at all. We just say, it's my truth, it's your truth, it's his truth. Everybody has their own truth. And, and I liken it to a football game where <laughs> there are no uh, boundaries, uh, no teams, and you can basically kick the ball in any direction. There are no goals, uh, uh, no touchdowns, and you just, I mean, it's a free-for-all. It's, it's yeah. chaos. Yeah. And this is what is happening when the truth has been undermined. Uh, everybody kind of is, is confused. Everybody is doing their own thing. And unfortunately, you know, I remember a little story in the scripture where it, the, the recording, uh, gospel recording says, and Jesus looked at them as sheep without shepherd. And he basically, mm. heart was broken over that. Sheep without shepherd. And, and that's what we have. The shepherd, the truth used to be our shepherd. And even the non-Christians, they agreed. And and I just saw a discussion between a, a Muslim and a, and a Jewish, both names you would know in the media. They both agreed that Christianity <laughs> is, and missing Christianity is what's causing the problems in America. Wow, uh, the both, do- they both agreed on that. Yes. And and then the dark agenda, of course, with Horowitz, which I wrote a an endorsement of it. And I said... In my endorsement, I said, what is a nice evangelical pastor doing endorsing a book uh, written by an agnostic Jewish uh, uh, individual? And I said, well, because the truth is the truth is the truth. And in the dark agenda, Horowitz actually speaks the truth. What does he say? What does he say in 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 that document? His dark agenda book, which I've become a bestseller, it's a it's a great book. And, and I read it with a great deal of interest, not just because I was writing the endorsement, but I also wanted. And he said, departing from the Christian faith is the undoing of America. <laughs> He's calling America to turn to the Christian faith because he said, this is America's foundation. And when you destroy the foundation, the building will not last for very long. Yeah, that's, what you say in your, that's what you actually say in your introduction, that this present crisis is the decline of the influence of the Christian church. And I want to expand on just basically, you know, the, you know, what is this present crisis? And just naming out a few things, I talked about the abortion issue. Yeah. But then also the public schools are indoctrinating, you know, sort of fa- there's indoctrination factories of sure. secular godless worldview. Yeah. Um, and that's really spilled over into the churches themselves, because whereas yeah. a student or a child may spend, you know, one hour or two hours in church a week, they're going to be spending 40 or 50 hours in school being yeah. being schooled and, and yeah. over a period of years. So that's that's in, that's getting into the churches as well. Exactly. Um, and this this idea in the churches is sort of succumbing to the sort of secular spirituality that is yep. almost like totally divorced from the idea of sin and judgment. And yep. we don't like this idea of sin. We just don't like it. No, of course not. And the problem with the pastors, 
and look, I, I'll, I'll go on my, after my own gang here. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. we pastors, we want to be liked by the culture at large. We don't want to be canceled by culture. So we, what we do, we accommodate and we modify the gospel and we change the gospel. We water down the gospel. And so people come in and they're hearing stuff like, well, you don't have to believe the Old Testament. The Bible is a smorgasbord. You pick and choose. You don't have to believe this and you don't have to believe that, or, you know, okay, what you end up with? Nothing. I mean, the next thing is is you don't have to believe anything. Why would you go, why would you call it the Church of Jesus Christ? Why, why don't you call it another religion, which I remember yeah. back in my days in, in the 80s in the mainland denomination, and they would argue, you know, that against the virgin birth and the resurrection of Jesus and so forth. I said, well, wait a minute. If you're going to throw this all out, why don't you call yourself a new religion, just call it something else, because this is the core of the Christian faith. And so yeah. the well, they, don't call it a, they don't call it a new religion because of the Christ Christianity um, is a, a lot more known. And so people say, oh, the Christian church is like this. Well, let me worship this instead of, oh, yeah. this is a whole new religion. They don't like that. Yep. But they don't understand what a lot of people don't understand is that when you start changing the foundations of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you really are creating a new religion or you're creating a religion of your, of your own making. Sure. Um, you know, but mm -hmm. you know, but I want to get on this idea of like, because I mean, when I, when I read in your book, you know, that it's decline of the influence of the Christian church. And I want to just like, and you, you talked about it before, but who's at fault? I mean, here, because if, 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 is it the, is it the Christians that are at fault or, um, or the pastors, is it their yep. fault? Yep. Um, is it, um, is it just a little bit of chipping away at certain truths within Christianity? And over the years, uh, you, you're a wide swath away from the original original gospel. Exactly. And we've been drifting as a church, you know, starting with the mainland denomination, where I used to be a major part of, and I fought the battles there in the 80s, and in the, uh, end up uh, being defrocked from one of the big major uh, old denomination um, because I kept saying the truth is the truth is the truth no matter who says it and they said we don't believe that anymore yeah. and so uh, it goes way back but I never dreamed that it will come into the evangelical church Yeah. and so you hear pastors saying well you know I don't know what the truth is but I know what love is and so I'm going to yeah, go with that's love. a big problem right there <laughs> Exactly, which you were saying earlier. You know, when Paul said, speaking the truth in love, he was giving us a very delicate formula. Uh, mm -hmm. Too much of one or, or too much of the other, it, it takes a formula out of whack. So we need to stay with that formula. And the way I deal with that, I can tell you just personally, um, you know, I see these people, the reason... I have love for them is is I see them I see them as truly a v victims. They don't know that themselves. They wouldn't believe that, but I see them as part of Satan. Satan is behind the scene, operating to deceive and mislead people, and so now he has invaded the church. This whole walk culture, and as you know, I was born in Africa. I came to this country, and I love this country, and 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 I I really believe that. The strength of America is very important. I had two meetings with President Sisi of Egypt, mm -hmm. and he agrees one, with me 100%. He says, we want a strong America. We don't want a weak America because if a, a strong America is good for all of us who love freedom and seek freedom. And, and so leaders, political leaders around the world, 
are bemoaning the fact that America is being weakened from the inside, and they like the idea. And and so, for me, as an immigrant who came to this country, dreamed of coming to this country since I was a boy, and I, I, I want to do whatever it takes to defend the freedom and the and, and the First Amendment, and I want to make sure that people are hearing. Unfortunately, those who are born in this country, they don't really take it as seriously as they should, and they don't understand. And I tell folks, I said, you know what? I'll raise the money, give them a one-way ticket to Tehran, Iran, and let them live there and see what I saw, or, or send them <laughs> to Venezuela, or somewhere. You know, if I, I wish everybody, every every American <laughs> has a chance to go and experience what I've experienced, what the Cuban uh, uh, Americans have experienced, and, and and those of us came, you know, from a communist and and, and socialist countries' experience. You know, you it's, say something in the book, and I that has been talked about for a very long time um, and it should raise our hackles it should you know raise some red flags with us and that is the parallels with Rome the decline yep. of yep. Rome the yep. decline of moral values the loss yep. of political civility overextended military inability to control national borders these yep. are the things that brought down Rome and they were internal they were yep. not external. No. It's, and I think that's the scary thing. But one of the things that um, we've got here is this sort of decline of moral values or decline of, yeah. of, of what it means to be moral. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, I see this all the time in young people that they yeah. think because they're not being brought up in the, in the church, they're not being told the Ten Commandments and taught yeah. them. They think yeah. that because something is legal, it's moral. And the two are not necessarily the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are a lot of legal things in Rome. That's why uh, I, I make the comparison between Rome and the United States. Big empires who have dominated the world for you know, considerable uh, number of years. And as Abraham Lincoln himself has predicted that the demise of America is not going to come from the outside, it's going to come from the inside. And here we are seeing it rotting from the inside. And the sad thing about all this is, of course, you know, I'm not going to get into the prophetic, but when you hear every second week some preacher fall, some preacher turn his back on the faith, some uh, Christian music gospel artist singer turn his back on the Christian faith, I just wonder, and I'm wondering aloud, could that be the great falling away and apostasy that Jesus talked about is going to take place prior to his return? Now, certainly, if that's the case, I'm I'm happy for him to come back today. <laughs> but, you know, I'm I'm really you know, there's nothing uh, I I would be uh, you know want to want to pick up here, but nonetheless, I think even if it is prophetic, but we need to remind the remnant, the faithful people, to stay faithful, and yeah. that's the burden yeah. of my heart. That's the burden of my heart. Well, we're going to take a break right now on, on Lighthouse Faith Podcast. We're talking with Dr. Michael Youssef and talking about his book, Hope for This Present Crisis. We're going to talk about, and when we come back, how to fix it. We'll be right back. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, 
what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned. Every baby is a miracle from God, worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Okay, we're right back with uh, Dr. Michael Youssef here on Lighthouse Faith Podcast, talking about his book "Hope for This Present Crisis." Um, and you know, we could t- we could we could just talk all day long about what's wrong, sure, um, about sure. what has been the problem. And like you were saying in your book, and this is what uh, many others have said, is that you know the problem is is that America has lost its Christian sort of foundation and Christian yep. roots, and yep. trying to rewrite history and saying that Christianity has nothing to do with the founding of America, which is really very, very sad. But one of the things that's also that I want to talk about a little bit more is how you sort of rewrite history and the education issue becomes really, really um, the big problem. Um, Several, because first of all, we talked about feelings um, and this is one of the problems, but there was something else you talked about um, in the classrooms and one of the things that really has been has disturbed me and there's a case out there of lydia booth and she is from mississippi yes and she was told to stop wearing her mask that said jesus loves me exactly and the teacher told her told the principal and i guess the teacher tried to figure out a way for a few days like how can i tell this girl not to do this because i don't think this is right and I, I don't know. If she's, I don't know that the teacher's young, or but it just was appalling to me. Yes, yeah. that they could actually go so far as is, is Jesus that offensive to people? Yeah, that you can't that a, that a nine year old girl can't wear a, a mask that says Jesus loves me. And when you think about it, this Mississippi, the the buckle of the Bible Belt, and yeah, and 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 this is happening in Europe. Started in Europe several years ago, where a an employee of British Airways literally was fired because she's wearing a cross and right yeah. next to her, a Muslim woman wearing a hijab and right next to her, there was a Sikh who was wearing his, his turban. And, but none about that except her, the cross was offensive. Now we know the cross is offensive because it, it hits hard at the human pride. It says you can't save mm-hmm. yourself. Only the cross can save you. And that is why they hate the cross so much. They want to, they want to, and the name of Christ in the same way in America, don't pray in the name of Jesus. Don't pray in the name of Jesus. You can pray in the name of anybody else, but not in the name of Jesus, because that is the, the one thing that offend the human pride and arrogance is that somebody else can save me. Now I have to save myself. And that is why I have those seven points at the end of the book. I deal with these seven issues. And if you notice, there are bookends the first is the truth. See, once you lose the truth, you've lost everything. And then the last yeah. one is the church. And I put all the other five in between those two because, and and, and this, the point, I, I did not want to just talk about the crisis. Of course, I talk about it and explain it and how we came here, how we got here. 
Uh, so I always want to make sure people understood how we got here. But then in the end, I wanted not just curse of darkness, I want to light a candle. And so yeah. the seven steps, uh, first of all, of course, remembering the truth. And, and, and the truth of the gospel that is now being compromised. And, and we, we, here in Atlanta, Georgia, we just two churches. One is a church of Christ and one, these are in the news, and one mm-hmm. is the Methodist church. Yeah. Where the Church of Christ, and you know, a woman left her husband and wanted to be married in the Church of Christ to, to her lesbian uh, friend, yeah, and and they're now suing the church. And then the church, uh, the uh, one of the largest Methodist churches here in Atlanta, where when the pastor refused to do the wedding because it compromises his conviction that marriage is between a man and a woman. That's a biblical conviction. The yeah. bishop summarily she fired him and removed him. And so the entire church just decided, said, hey, we're leaving the Methodist church, which, yeah. you know, I admire them in many ways. And so it's the truth. Once the truth is, is compromised, once the truth is muddied, and we cannot see with clarity what the truth is, uh, everything else is up for grabs. Everything, but, this is why, but, but this is why this whole idea of what uh, sort of the the fall and decline of morality in um, in a country starts with. It starts with one simple thing. It's, and what it started with in America, I think in the Western world period, yep. is this idea that my feelings are my truth. Yep. My feelings are truth. And this, and I've talked about this before. David Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote a book in the 50s called yeah. Truth um, Unchanged, Unchanging. Yep. And he talked about the, um, the, the idolatry of passion, the, the sort of holding up of passion um, as truth. And, and I will never forget this line. He says, you know, fire makes a great servant, but a bad master. And I think that's what life is about today. Yeah. Fire is our master yeah. rather than our servant. And you you can't control passion without truth. Absolutely. And truth has to be your third rail. Truth yeah. has to be your foundation yeah. um, because your feelings are going to wax and wane according to certain situations. But truth, mm. objective truth stands still. And, 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 but this is what's infiltrated into the schools as yeah. well. I mean, you were yeah. talked about Common Core. Yep. In yep. the book, too, yep. which I think is a really what was wrong with Common Core? Well, just think about who put it together and why yeah. it was forced nationally. Um, it, and it's it's um, uh, uh, Mr. Ayers was involved in the in the in the putting it and and it's for example, uh, here's a bridge, here's uh, just example from Common Core. Here's a bridge that is a hundred feet. 100 yard long and there's a bridge that is 116 yard long okay mm-hmm. which one mm-hmm. is the longest duh but here's the, the next thing the next thing is <laughs> how do you know wow how do you know i mean it, it, and interesting that he's quoting uh dr martin lloyd john's book <clears throat> think about this in the 50s he this is before the 60s when it says trust your feelings yeah uh you know, basically, throw away your mind. <laughs> and, and Leary, you know, went around the country saying, you know, just trust your feelings, trust your feelings. Yeah, and- you know, one, this, I think this is also, too, I mean, you're talking about, you know, rewriting history. You're talking about the, the Boston Tea Party. I mean, most of us for the past generations have been taught the Boston Tea Party 
which was the throwing over of tea in the Boston Harbor yep. uh, to as a as a protest against the taxation of the British taxation. Right. right. Um, now, in some schools, actually, the Boston Tea Party's people are not being lab- labeled terrorists. Terrorists. And sort of 9-11 perpetrators are now looking like freedom fighters. Exactly. exactly. This is what's being taught in schools. Yeah. See, that's what the dispensing of the truth does. Inverts everything. Inverts everything. Once you do away with the truth, everything's inverted. Good is bad. Bad is good. Darkness is light. Light is darkness. And there's a passage there in Isaiah where it says, Woe unto you. When you call what you call good, uh, evil and evil good. And that's where we are right now. Because the truth has departed from our midst. And therefore, we're so blinded that everything is inverted. And and so the Boston Tea Party, as I tell in the book, and I explain how uh, Adams, you know, was a a leader in that. And they've never hurt anybody. They never... They, they never shot anybody, never even scratched anyone. Yeah. And they yeah. just basically threw the tea in the harbor. They're terrorists. But in a church in Texas, in a school in Texas, they wear the hijab and they take a picture of themselves because this is understanding. This is compassionate. Um, this is how to identify with these poor people. But the burqa is really a sign of, of, uh, of absolute, uh, total humiliation of the woman in in militant islam and Mm -hmm. and so all of this is just i mean it goes on and on and on i could have written a lot of examples i had to select few but to get to the point of saying okay education now needs major reform my daughter my eldest daughter was was a principal advisor to george w bush on education for three years Eighteen mm-hmm. months in 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 Texas and eighteen months in the White House, and she literally left in 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 utter despair because she saw the system is so powerful that even the President of the United States could not change it, and and uh-huh. and, and in the end she said, you know, I'm not a political person. I'm just really want to see these poor kids that I tutored even when I was fifteen years old here in Atlanta, uh, you know, get a decent shot for at, at education. And and that is really the it's the machinery is so powerful and getting more powerful. That's the problem. You know, you talk about something that really was disturbing in the first chapter of the book. You remember the truth, and I want to go back there because I think this this points to what the solutions really should be. Sure. Um, you talk the story of, at Baylor Chapel. Yep. A woman named Caitlin Curtis spoke, yep. and I'm using the name because you do in the book. Sure. So it's not like it's a no. It's, it's a, a public secret. knowledge. It's public information. And she spoke in the chapel, not in an auditorium, not in a you know a classroom. She spoke in the chapel. Yep. Um, and she basically, in her kind of, in her spiritual walk, denounced the Christian faith of her mother. Yeah. Sort of an embracing the sort of Mother Earth, Native American faith of her father, the father who abandoned her. Abandoned. By the way. Exactly. Abandoned. So she's spiritually searching, but still. She has to denounce Christianity what, and, and, and to do it at Baylor Chapel. What is going on with the, with, with the, with, 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 with the officials at Baylor that it, they would allow this? Exactly. We have taken this idea of acceptance really way, way, way too far. I mean, I can accept a person. In fact, I just accept a person. I can love a person who is my opponent, my enemy, the person who might not like me. I still can love him. 
but I don't have to invite him to my church to preach. <laughs> yeah, right. But we're doing this. There are churches across America, and particularly in Canada, where once a month they would invite an imam from the mosque to to preach uh, uh, in the churches. And I said, okay, that's fine. If that's what you're going to do, that's okay. Can you get the same invitation to preach in the mosque? I said, no, 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 you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, a Christian cannot preach in a mosque. But why? Why right. are we so gullible and so uh, uh, thoughtless yeah. as to bring somebody who's going to undermine our Christian faith right from our pulpits? And this is just going across the board. And we're just really in desperation right now. And I'm asking, in fact, we have over 100,000 people already signed up to pray daily for America because we need that absolute supernatural intervention of God. Politics is not going to work. None, none of the, I mean, when we try it, I mean, we're going to keep putting up good and godly candidates for office, but uh, in it, it, there's something more, there's something more important that has to happen and it has to be supernatural. And I believe yes. that with all my heart and I'm calling uh, uh, people to commit themselves daily to pray for America, just for you know, God to restore can, us. What can people do? Because one of the things I find for myself is daily Bible reading, daily devotions. Yes. Re even if I can, I get a sermon in there someplace, you know, a recorded sermon. Um every day sure. because I realize how much influence the sort of secular worldview has on me sure. um, and in ways that I don't even realize. And besides that, you know, what can people do to kind of be a part of the change? Sure. Yeah. Um, because it's not just about me. It's about the, the broader world, um, the Absolutely. schools, the government, the laws, all of those things. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think people need to be informed. Mm -hmm. They really need to be informed. And I, I made a statement before the election. I said, I don't care what candidate you vote for, but if you vote for a candidate who is pro-abortion, you got blood on your hand. Now I got into yeah. <laughs> hot water, but it doesn't matter. I'm always in hot water yeah. <laughs> uh, because the truth does that. And, and, and in truth is we need to educate the, the people in the pews that, hey, voting for a, a candidate – if a person does not care whether the baby in the womb or out of the womb dies, then that person is totally unprincipled in other areas. And therefore, we must not vote or support candidates like that. So they're going See, to be informed. Then they support yeah. the right candidate who have the right uh, solutions and answers. And, and, and then, of course, as I said, above all, is literally taking this call of prayer seriously of yeah. calling upon God. He has done it before. You, you remember, uh, Lauren, I shared with you some years ago when the Muslim Brotherhood came into power in Egypt and for one year, 12 months, and mm -hmm. then the churches in Egypt, Coptic churches, evangelical churches, all churches opened up for 24 hours a day. Two o'clock in the morning, you couldn't get a seat. People were praying, crying to God. And what happened? God literally intervened and 30 million people walked, went in the streets and rejected the Muslim Brotherhood government and then gave them a good man in, in Sisi. He was a devout yeah. Muslim, but a good man. And yeah. so I always remind him when I'm there, I said, you remember you've done that. Don't ever forget that. And I want to remind the Americans that God can do that in America too. Wow. Wow. You know, when you were speaking of abortion, and I'm just going to say this at the end of this uh, podcast because I was on um, 
a website yesterday of Priests for Life and happened to be looking at those graphic photos of aborted um, babies. And I would challenge anybody to go on the website yep. for Priests for Life, look at the graphic photos of babies who have been aborted, look yep. at their mangled bodies. If you still think abortion is okay after seeing that, yep. I'm just going to say to you right now, you have no heart. Yep. 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 You're, because you're, you're, I, listen, I was, I was pro pro-choice, pro-abortion yeah. when I was a teenager, sure. when I was in college. And the minute I started covering abortion protests yeah. and saw those photos, it, it ripped my heart out. Absolutely. And, and I challenge you to anybody to go look at those photos. Mm. And if you can still look at those photos and think abortion is okay, I'm going to say it again. You have no heart. No, that's right. That's right. And that's the problem. If we get, we end up not having this kind of sensitivity uh, it, we, and we didn't our sensitivity uh, to the truth and to the facts and to what's happening, then we got, I mean, uh, we are ripe for picking by some sort of uh, 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 fascist dictatorship. Yeah. Well, Dr. Michael Youssef, I'm going to thank you so much for being on Lighthouse Faith Podcast. It's always a wonderful time to talk with you. And your book is called Hope for This Present Crisis. Where can people get a hold of the book? Well, of course, it's all bookstores and Amazon. It's been number one on Amazon in this genre for months now. But uh, they can also go to ltwleadingtheway.org and they can get it. But uh, they can get it from um, uh, any bookstores, any uh, 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 Barnes and Nobles, they all sell the book, of course. And uh, we, we're just so thrilled that um, the, all the hardback uh, copies, 30,000, went the first month, and now they're printing the wow. softback uh, covers. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, I want to thank you so much uh, for being on Lighthouse Faith Podcast. It's been a wonderful time to talk with thank you. Thank you for I having me, Lauren. I hope things will change and I can come back to New York again, or you can come and visit yes. us in Atlanta. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. Thank you so much. And thank you um, for listening to Lighthouse Faith Podcast. This is Lauren Green. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.